Blog Talk Radio. Good time of the morning to you, everybody. It is Friday the 13th. We're only a few days away. Christmas around the corner. The New Year's will follow. But today, oh, today, it's all Southern Sports Central for two solid hours here as we get you up and running in the Gerns Pharmacy Studios here in Somerville, South Carolina. I'm Rich Yellman alongside Will Porter. He'll produce it. He'll answer the phones. And he'll, well, he'll hang out with me as we uh, get you ready for what I would believe another solid show here. We've got a big lineup today. We're going to have a few. Maybe guests drop by. Yeah, I told him. I said, look, if you can do it, come on in, hang out with us. If not, we'll keep it moving. But the thing that we do have on the books today, because we don't want to always have it jammed up, loaded up, where you guys can't get in here and hang out with us. So I did make sure that we stopped at Somerville High School first thing this morning at 714, where Adam McKenna will join us here. He's an offensive lineman. He's heading to the uh, Shrine Bowl on Sunday. The Shrine Bowl is the uh, prestige. Uh, all-star game here in the state of South Carolina. They'll play the best of the best against North Carolina. Then uh, he'll do that on uh, Sunday through Saturday. Finally, the big game is actually going to be Saturday up at Wofford College. Uh, I'm going to try to make the trip as I'm going to make that trip tomorrow to the North-South game and uh, see how that works out. But uh, a lot of talented athletes here now playing the next couple of weeks as uh, – they get rewarded for doing what they need to do. Uh, of course, he'll join me at 7.15. Then at 8 o'clock, I've got to go all the way to Valdosta, Georgia, where we'll check in uh, with the man who was going to join us yesterday. It didn't work out, but Bryce Kuhn will join us at 8 o'clock. We'll talk college football with him uh, for the rest of, I would believe, hour number two. And, again, uh, just so much going on. But we'd love to hear from you throughout the show. The easiest way to do it is call us directly. The number to call in. 323-784-9681. Just give us a shout. We will get you in here. We'll talk to you about what's happening in the world of high school football, college football. If you want to throw out some NFL, we'll entertain it today. We'll throw it as a side dish there, but we will entertain it today uh, as uh, the NFL getting a little bit closer to making their days of playoff conversation a real thing as well. So there's a lot happening. We'll get right into it. But without further ado, I am going to bring in Will Porter, who's uh, hanging out on the other side of the glass, setting up some shows. Uh, Will, Friday's finally here. You know, you get to do your big show in the morning. Of course, the fifth quarter is going to have a little different look to it because high school football, no Friday night lights. Uh, at least there's no Friday night lights here 
today. Now, next week, right. uh, the Metro Bowl, which is the all-star game in the uh, middle of the state in Columbia, the Perry Parks puts on it, will happen next Friday night. Uh, I'm going to try to make that game. That was something that you and I talked about going to uh, a couple weeks back, but we'll just have to wait, make sure everything's kind of lined up just perfectly. But uh, nevertheless, uh, the only games in high school happening now are those uh, prestigious uh, all-star games. Right. And um, in top of the morning to you and good morning, everybody. Uh, glad. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, like you said, it is going to be a lot of um, a lot of star-studded action, a lot of good uh, football still has to be played at the high school level. But now it is no longer um, team versus team. Now it's now it's going to be a collection of these um, young, uh, very talented athletes, elite athletes, if you will, those that are going to be going on to play football at the next level. Um, most likely, and they have the chance to, you know, continue to show their talent in front of scouts, in front of uh, fans, spectators that are looking on and, and looking at this talent and going to be uh, judging it in a way. And I think, you know, for the most part, that the, this this weather, <laughs> this December weather, is you know really going to be a test to a lot of these young athletes. Some of them have not uh, played in this in this uh, element of the weather per se. Uh, of course, it gets colder in the months of October and November, but this is December, and it's kind of funky out there right now. It, it is cold, but um, I, I just I got off the phone with my dad this morning before uh, we joined the show or uh, before the show started, and he was telling me how the weatherman up there is talking about how this is going to be like a summer type rain if the rain comes. So rain in the forecast, is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. I, at least for today. I'm not sure about tomorrow. I would say tomorrow is going to be beautiful. I hope that it is. Well, that's up there now. That's, that's, that's up there. That's up there. That has not, yes. yeah. And again, it could rain in Charleston and not rain in Somerville. So again, uh, it could also it, rain in Somerville and not rain in Myrtle Beach where you'll be, uh, where be, you'll be heading up tomorrow. Yep, yep, yep. So we got that going on. So we'll, We'll kind of wait and see. Remember, three or four days ago, it was 80 degrees. Woke up the day after that. That was, of course, Wednesday. Woke up yesterday morning. It was every bit of 43 degrees. That's just the life we live. Struggle is real. You got to love it, right? You got to love it. I wouldn't change it. I'll be honest (laughs) with you. The state of South Carolina, and say what you will here, but, you know, for what it's worth, uh, the cost of living here right on time, uh, the things to do here, always a good time. I mean, you know, you can be – uh, in the upper state of South Carolina in about two and a half hours, sitting in the mountains, doing some different things. You can be laying on the beach. Uh, same thing for those guys, uh, you know, two or three, two and a half hours laying on the beach. So to have all of that within an arm's reach and then living here in Somerville, you know, the benefit that I like the most is that we're really two hours from everybody. You know, we're two hours from Savannah. We're two hours from Columbia. We're two hours from Myrtle Beach. You know, we can be in three different completely different places within about two hours spread. And that's a big deal. Right. You know, and, and for me to be here in, in Somerville, and I've been here for quite some time, the growth I've seen, you know, I watched yesterday, I did ride down there. Uh, I had some business to take care of uh, in the heart of Somerville yesterday. And I saw the business uh, of the Super Bowl commercial and the attention it's getting, I, I think is really important too. I, I think that's neat. Uh, again, uh, I worked for Anheuser-Busch for eight years. You know, I was a part of their uh, uh, marketing department with the uh, sports management, the sports marketing part. So Del Earnhardt Jr. would come to Somerville or Charleston or anywhere in the area. I had the chance and the opportunity to hang out with him. But I remember the first time that I had the chance to do that. Man, I'm going to be honest with you, dude. It was it was pretty awesome. Uh, you know, because here's, 
it, here's the thing for me is that everybody assumes that these athletes are these, uh, you know, ah, glitz and glamorous guys. Dell Jr. not that guy. He was very laid back. He's he's a country boy, North Carolina, who, you know, look, doesn't really enjoy the the the, the lights and and all the hey man, look here, let me get your autograph. And he deals with it and he understands it. But he's also that guy that says, hey man, look, I'm just an old boy here. I just run around in circles, you know, and get paid for it. All right, so here's what needs to happen now. It's 7.08. We're going to take a break here in just a few minutes. But, uh, of course, uh, Will, you, you kind of touched on it just earlier today. And, and one of those things was, um, you know, you look at all these college athletes, you look at all these athletes, and, and you wonder, you know, I hope all these kids uh, tomorrow in the South Navy. 
counterpoint of their defensive line with I get the opportunity to call these guys my teammates. Which for so long, I had to go against them. Now I get to go with them. All right, we got to take a break. Coming up next, we're going to park us to Seville High School. We're going to check out with a big man who's heading to Spartanburg, South Carolina in another three days, two days. He'll leave here on Sunday. He's going to hang out there for a week. They'll get to uh, endure a lot of two-a-days and uh, a lot of festivities over there for the Shrine Bowl. This is the uh, most prestigious all-star game in the state of South Carolina and North Carolina because they'll play one another here uh, a week from tomorrow. Now, Adam McKenna is his name. He's a big offensive lineman heading uh, to, of course, uh, play college football at the next level. We'll talk to him about that as well. He's already committed. He'll sign while he's at the Shrine, by the way, which early signing day for football is December 18th. Taking a break, back, taking his call, and going to hang out with the big man on campus, Adam McKenna, right here on Southern Sports Central. We'll be right back. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and 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 running, Just bob your head like me, I 
Apple D. Up inside your club or in your Bentley. Get messy, loud and sick. Yo, my fast mama on another head trip. So come down now, do not correct it. Let's get ignorant, let's get hectic. Everybody, everybody, into it. Gentlemen, here waiting on Adam McCannon to join us here from Somerville High School. He is heading, of course, to the Shrine Bowl here in a few days. He, of course, uh, is ready to rock and roll and, I mean, big time uh, and do some big things. Adam, of course, uh, is a big man in size, but uh, a a huge man in heart as well, as uh, he's going to be heading to play football over there at Rhode Island uh, for the Rams in uh, 2020. Uh, they uh, said they want him to report early, and that, that's pretty protocol. They did that to me. They do that to a lot of guys. That was way back when I had to do it with my days, of course. Um, but nevertheless, Adam, uh, he's a kid. to get through it. Got hurt again this year. Adversity teaches you character, shows your character. Either way, uh, his character was shown pretty good. kid came through. Uh, still was able to push through, get some um, from uh, Scott Little. He's there at Somerville and uh, right now. How about that? Uh, that the students that come in and, and you think kids want to run their ball Monday through Thursday or hang out all, all night every night when these kids are playing? They give up their entire life. And and give what they have. And Friday night after Friday night, they 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 run around, hand out water bottles, things because getting these kids, uh, you know, staying hydrated, getting after it. But the trainers, the student trainers, good job. This year in season, I to talk to those who a lot of people don't talk to. Will and I think you've noticed that with me, man. I talk to the wives, I talk to the trainers, the tr- the student trainers, the principals. If I see the principal on the sideline, and I got a chance to do that with Ren's principal and the guy there, that's a five star guy. No wonder their program's running this smooth. The start of the administration. Mm-hmm. Start, starts from the top. Starts down. at the top, works its way down. So administration, let me let me let me help you out. The athletes and the coaches don't just tell everybody in the community that they're they're a great group of coaches, and we're very fortunate to have the students on the field. Don't be showing us that, and and trust them. Believe what you do, then they don't. They just don't tell you. You know, what I mean, it's just—it's not like going to a restaurant. If you have a meal, 
you might help one person, but if you have a bad meal, they're guaranteed to help 500 people. Well, it ain't like that in this business. In this business, they just kind of whisper sweet nothings to the guy down the street and say, yeah, I can't believe X, Y, Z is not, not involved here. They're not showing up to events, and, and they're not a part of it. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, that support, it, it's important. It's important in every single aspect of a game, either on or off field. And it goes both ways. Uh, that, that principle had from Rimba, uh, soul, and, and just passion for the game. And just hypothetically, if it wasn't for him, Position that they last Saturday night, possibly, but it, it would be a lot different. in high school, and all the all the players that we talked to from Wren High School this week, including Kelly Bryant, who who is a Wren High School alum, talking about Mama Tate and uh, just the support that that she shows to the program. Right, and and it, it it's all around. And it and just encompasses football is wrapping itself around the young athletes and all of them. And we love you, and we want you to do great things. And something of and strength and passion at the character. They're focused on there. And base. Right. And different levels from different areas and different schools because I do have a chance and opportunity, if you will. Yesterday I hung out a little while with Coach Call over at Somerville and we made some some uh, some trips around town and, and of course uh Will Chitty, of course uh, he does Wave Sports Media was with us and uh, of course he also works with me from time to time over here on Southern Sports Central. We're partnered up together to some degree over there at Somerville as the athletic department's uh Uh, team and, and uh, it, it's a lot of fun working on the job. He's one of the best at taking pictures at a 22, 23 year old age there, but he does it as good as anybody I've seen it. Age doesn't count when it comes to taking uh, South pictures that he does. But there's a lot of things happening over there. Uh, but but you know, with me, you know, and, and I and I was expressing it to Coach Call. I said, look, man, look, it is important. It's indicative that that that, that you have the support. From those above, and those above would be your administration, okay? Because here's the thing: they should understand this. Comes to the football ticket, man. Those are that, that's a huge revenue, right? Something that's you know, the man runs the concession stand. Now I'm gonna tell you this, and this is again, this is my personal opinion. This has nothing to do with Somerville, and I can use a soccer stick. As an example, okay. If Sacasti let the band use their their facilities and 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 run the the the, the stand, that's fine. But it's just like advertisement in my business here. Will I talked to you yesterday about this? Go sell advertisement, but you need to understand you're not getting 100 percent of what's coming in this door. It's sure. just that's not reality. Sure, you're tagged in with me. I'm running this thing. I've been doing this thing on my own for a long time. I've had some help come in with microphone experience or not, or the lack of even, and trained them to get to that point. But as far as going outside these doors, knocking on for guys to come in here, doesn't happen. So what happens is you're going to be representing Southern Sports Central. 
you understand that you're going to get a certain piece of the pie, but some of the pie is coming back into the house, and it's going to go back into house money, and I'm going to have to delegate the way I need to because I'm giving you a platform to do what we do. Same thing goes for the high school athletics. I'm giving you a football stadium. I'm bringing you a crowd. Do you think you're going to sit here and make all the money? That's not even a reality. That doesn't even seem fair to me. The guys who, who don't take breaks other than on halftime and maybe a few downs here and there are busting it out day in and day out. Why shouldn't they see a lump sum of that? And again, the, these are all the kind of conversations that we're going to have throughout the offseason, and you can join out at 323-784-9681. That's the number to call in and be a part of it. Yeah. Um, Saluto was the same way. Still is the same way as, as far as I know. Uh, that band boosters, they run the concessions. And, and my mom, she was a was the band booster. And things, stocking them up, and uh, putting them in the putting them in the refrigerators and the coolers. And, um, and I was there on Thursday nights whenever JV would be playing at home, and having to be, I was having to sell concessions as well. And so I I was there firsthand, and I can attest to it. And you're absolutely right. And uh, profits profits aren't 100% this way or the other way because it is a think about football it is a team sport with with doing what um with dealing with concessions and what they do yes it is a team that's that's a team effort there as well it takes a well-oiled machine to be able to uh get through a friday night right. uh, without without many problems because you know so it's a it's a mass influx of people at halftime and you've got to you've got to get them in and out uh quickly uh but, you know third i think that for me because i was in i was in high school band i was in marching band for uh, as long as I could be and third quarters, we had third quarter, third quarters off and we would be standing in line trying to, you know, get our snacks or whatever, whatever concessions that we needed. Right. Uh, so I absolutely, I absolutely 100%. And again, that's for my thoughts it's to do with any school that I may or may not work with. It's just, here's what I do is I said in the last so many years and I've watched some teams do things. I've watched media days be done differently. I got my own thing, which you should do. And I'm going to tell you this across the board. If you're in high school and you are listening and you have an opportunity to do something, here's the layout. And I'm going to give you the cheat sheet. When you have media days, make it an entire community event. Open the doors. Treat these high school football players like they're NFL football players, like they're college football players. Have your schedules ready to hand out to the community. Have the kids sitting at a table, line them up, one, two, three, four, all the way down, and let them sign, the, sign it as they go through. Let them sign stuff. Let these young kids that are coming through the elementary schools go and get the word out. Let it be a, 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 you know, the first season, the second season, the third time, an annual thing to where they're coming in here. And there's some jump castles over here for the kids to jump around in. There's some food truck rodeos over here happening. There's a backdrop so that mom and dad can take pictures, and not just mom and dad can take pictures of the football team, but other people can take football pictures or just take pictures here, right? Of course. And then you want to bring in some swag because everybody wants a hoodie. Everybody wants something. Oh, yeah. They just don't want to pay for it. Well, that's not the way it works, okay? Who gets free stuff? Those are the athletes. Those mm-hmm. are the guys that sweat for two-a-days and three-a-days and workouts and this and that and the others. That's who gets the free stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's not free, by the way. You heard me say sweat. They earned it. Yes. But it's okay. You want to get the original stuff though. Don't go get the side stuff. Man, don't go get don't look. Don't go get a kickoff shirt. There's nothing worse than getting a shirt 
and the logo doesn't match the brand on the on the field. <laughs> and I've seen it way too many times. Yep. All right. Somerville's got that famous S. Don't go get that sidekick. Don't go get that little baby S. Get the big S. Get the S on the chest that matters. Go get that logo with the fort that has that that powerful, deep-rooted voice when you say the fort. Not that high-pitched will. And, yeah, uh, even the, even the, the Patriot logo that they have uh, that they use as well. Yeah. I mean, that, that's one that's deeply rooted. Uh, I think the Berkeley Stags has the, um, has the deer. Yeah, the stags, right. yeah. The stags. But go get the go get the baby. You yeah, know, go get Rudolph. No, you want to go get Donner or Blitz. You know, go get a big boy, right? <laughs> that, that's just my thought process, Tony. We got to take a quick break. It's seven twenty-eight. Uh, but but there's just we're, and we're gonna kind of run with this. We may have uh, a coach check in here in a little bit. Not sure what happened over with our buddy Adam over there at, at Somerville. Uh, but uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Coach Scott, is gonna join us. Durham. He's an athletic director a head coach over at Andrews High School. He's changed the culture, and that's changed the direction of this program. Yeah, that's, that's pretty powerful. We'll talk to him about it. We've got a lot of topics to talk to this guy about. We're going to have some fun with him. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe that's who's going to get in here with us in, in just a few. But we're going to do this. We've got a break to take. Uh, when we come back, we'll take a phone call or two. You want to join us? Hey, what are you doing right now? How are you doing? Call in and check in. 323-784-9681. You know, we're just doing some coffee talk here on a uh, Friday the 13th. It doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> they scare you, but it don't scare me. Not a day in the day. So you, you, made a, you made a reference to friends just then. I don't know if you did that on purpose. You said, how you doing? How you doing? Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty cool. You like that? Oh, yeah. So look at there. We're having fun. It's Friday. Come have fun with us. We'll be right back. This is Southern Sports Central. Will Porter, Richie Altman, Blog Talk Radio, coming up next.
Hey, good morning, everybody. Rich coming here live on Southern Sport Central. Of course, uh, we're your one-stop shop for high school and uh, college football. We're going to talk college football in hour number two. It's going to be high school football here in hour number one. It is, of course, uh, a, a really good thing that happens on the Grand Strand uh, this time of year. It's a famous situation there as uh, you start to kind of look at uh, the north-south game and uh, and what they do and, and all that they're able to bring in and, and just the, the excitement of what they do. Yesterday, uh, 44 elementary students uh, got a chance to Christmas shop early uh, with all-star football players across the state of South Carolina. It's a highlight of the Touchdown Energy Bowl week in Myrtle Beach. The north-south game uh, is, of course, uh, the situation that happened tomorrow over in Myrtle Beach. I'm going to be there. Of course, uh, so many local low country kids are going to be playing in this one tomorrow as well as a lot of the high school kids that have come in here. So, um, you know, when, when you look at the, the big picture of things and, and how things are working itself out, for me, you know, it's just one of many things that, that these kids get a chance, an opportunity. They'll get some sweat. They'll get some experience. They'll get some extra practice. There are going to be, I believe, and I'm not sure, and, and if we get in here with Coach Durham, if he joins us, uh, I'll ask him because he actually coached in this thing about four, five, about four or five years ago. I remember I, uh, we had a kid named Jimmy McTeer out of Somerville was there, and I went up there and, and watched him with Jacob. And uh, of course, uh, Coach Scott was coaching him, and it was pretty fun. It was fun watching him. So uh, let's go over now to the uh, to the hotline. Fellas, we'll head over to the Matt Burgers hotline. Say top of the morning. Welcome to Southern Sports Central. Who's with us? Hey, Richie, it's Josh Hart from St. John's. Hey, Coach, what's up, man? I've got it. We do have a coach in here. That's right. I did. I spoke to uh, you yesterday over at St. John's High School. Of course, uh, man, you had the boys in 1A rolling uh, this past year, Coach. And, uh, man, I tell you, having you uh, do what you did, of course, you, unfortunately, you had to play the uh, state champions early. Didn't know they were going to be state champions, but uh, they're, they're pretty good. You guys saw that firsthand. But before we get to the playoffs and your run, man, let's let's talk a little bit about the program let's put you guys on the map a little bit coach and uh first of all welcome to the show for the first of many many times and uh welcome your team in here because we like to highlight it and put some helmets on the wall so we'll add you guys to it but tell everybody who's listening in around the country who you guys are and where you guys are and what you guys do hey well, i appreciate you having me on and, and it's a pleasure to be a part of your show uh we're st john's we're the islanders we're on john's island we're a public school we're a 1a school on john's island and uh we uh we try to put a good product on the field. We did run into to Green Sea in the second round. We could have done ourselves a favor by beating Baptist Hill and being the region champion, having the number one seed. We had a little bit easier road, but uh, you know we found out what we were made of pretty early, and and we found out some areas that we need to get better in. But uh, we're just trying to build a, a quality program. We'll get the best out of the kids every day. Try to try to get the best from them, and try to show them that hard work equals success. And no matter what your circumstances are, that that you can you can work your way out of them, and, and there are good things that are going to happen to you when you do work hard. Live right now with the head football coach over at Johns Island High School, over in Johns Island, South Carolina. Coach Harp joins us here on the show for the first of many times. Uh, coach, uh, we talked yesterday uh, just about your program, and I wanted to give you uh, the accolades and just the, the data boys, if you will, here, because, uh, you know, we do highlight a lot of the guys, and just like everybody, you always hear about the 5A and the 4As, but I've learned one thing. Well, I was reminded one thing. I went and watched uh, the Warhorses take on uh, Oceanside a couple of weeks ago over in Barnwell, South Carolina. Man, I'm going to tell you something. That 1-3A, to 3A, 
That's old school high school football. Friday night lights are, are alive and well. The towns are a lot smaller. There's nothing to really do, so you don't really have a choice but to go to the game because everybody else is going to the game anyways. Most dads still live in the moment back when they used to play, and you always hear their stories during the high school games. But it can't be much different over there at Johns Island there, Coach. I've actually had a chance to go over there and, and watch some Little League programs play over there uh, this past year. I went and watched uh, a, a young team that invited me to come over there and hang out with them. They're probably about 10, 11 years old, man. But uh, tell us about the environment over there on Johns Island. And because it is its own little entity, part of Charleston, but yet it's got its own little, its own little brand over there. It does. It's really, it's really neat environment. <clears throat> really fun. If folks come out early, they come out often. Those stands are packed. It doesn't matter who we're playing, what the game is. They're there. They're cheering. They're yelling at me. They're, you know, they're getting after. They, they, people around here care about their football, and it shows. In, in, I mean, they come and they're loud, and, and it's, it's an exciting environment. We have the biggest one A stadium in the state. Uh, Charlie Brown actually. Uh, helped pay for it when he was playing for the Redskins. So it, it 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 is its own culture. I mean, homecoming is an incredible experience around here. They they have their own tailgate that that lasts into the night. Just I mean, everybody comes back for it. it. Doesn't matter. I mean, people from all over the country that have moved off the island come back, and then you know a lot of people are still in the area. So they're here not just for homecoming, but every Friday night. It is a very special atmosphere. You know, I coached at Hanahan. I played at Lexington, and and I put. I put St. John's up there with those just in terms of numbers and, and community support. It's it's a really cool place. Live right now with the head coach of the Islanders, St. John's Islanders, if you will, as they uh, made a nice playoff run uh, this past season. Uh, went against a very good team uh, up on Horry County. They made that road trip and played in the, uh, the, the what was it, the rainstorm 2019 that evidently yeah. not everybody likes to play in the rain, but you guys didn't, didn't run from it. You endured it, but uh, – it made it a long night, but what what a season. You talk about homecoming in, in 1A football, uh, and you look at everything across the board. You, you mentioned tailgating. That's awesome. I love it. You know, Buford does that down there um, in the low country, the, the southern part of the low country on, on Friday nights. They really kind of embrace the opportunity to get to know everybody, to kind of have a, a reunion, if you will. The bands are kicking up and doing their things. Talk to us a little bit about that atmosphere as well, Coach, because, again, I think that the 5A and the 4A guys can look at you guys and kind of go back to that module of really embracing what Friday Night Lights really mean because I think it's lost a little bit of that luster in some of the towns around when it's the bigger schools. Sometimes the the the, the bigger the disappointment coming in on Friday night. But you guys, uh, I did see some footage of you guys a couple of weeks ago. I was watching some film even last night after we had a conversation, just kind of getting familiar with a couple of your players. Uh, I guess I'd say – re-committed re, re, uh, to them and, and find out what they do when you're running back and quarterback. But that being said, uh, talk to us about the band over there. How's the band play? And, and again, uh, is it a big deal, man, Friday nights they hit the field and do their thing? Or, or kind of give us that environment as well, Coach. Uh, we're, we're rebuilding the band. Uh, the, the numbers had dipped in the school so that the band uh, program had got cut a couple years ago. But we're bringing it back. And, you know, they sit up there and they're – there's only about 10 or 12 of them, but they're very proud and they play very loud. And, and that's something that we're working on. You know, I come, I, I follow the Woody Hayes philosophy that, you know, everybody is involved in this community football. It, it, it's John's Island and it's St. John's. Um, and so the band is just as important as the football team. Uh, and I can't wait till our, our band director, Mr. Wesley builds this band program up. So it is rocking. And, you know, they have their own section and they can't get on the field and dance. That's, that's something 
uh, as I look to grow this program and, and the people in here, we, I should say, we look to grow this program, uh, that's something that's very important. But uh, you, you talk about the five A's, kind of disappointing, you know. I think it's a lot to do with the transplants. A lot of people come in and move in, and they're not really attached to the community. They didn't go to the high school. They're, they they don't really have kids involved in athletics in that community yet. So they're, they're counting towards the numbers, but they're not really in the numbers. And everybody in Johns Island, you know, either is connected to St. John's in some way or to St. John's football. And so I think that that gets them here on Friday night. And it, I mean, it, it's 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 crazy, man. It, it's this is a great time. And you're talking about our quarterback and running back. They're both. Uh, freshman and sophomore respectively and then we have another sophomore quarterback so we're, we're young so the future is very bright down here no doubt about it we're live right now with coach harp from john's island these guys are definitely getting after it here and uh, they do what they can over there with the islanders and uh, like you mentioned coach the culture the understanding the transplants all that plays a factor and what you guys hear and see in the stands and you do see a lot of that with Boeing being here in Charleston now. You got Volvo up on the other side of town. And then uh, the military. They all play a huge factor of what we do here in Charleston. And again, uh, you know, I almost think, you know, when these people move in, maybe you guys as coaches may create a packet, you know, kind of a plan of attack to get them to understand okay, you live on Giants Island. You need to understand Friday night lights during high school football or, or, or for the boys here. And if you got plans, yep. you need to move those to Saturday. And we show up at 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 four thirty for a tailgate. You're not going to leave until after the game, which we're going to tailgate again at eleven. So Friday night's our night, you know. And again, it's huge. The one thing I lived in Goose Creek for a little while, Coach. And when I was there for a very small time, about eight months, uh, they came around. The police officers came around, and I don't know if that was in the packet, but for some reason, I think I had the conversation with the officer, and I said, "Man." You know, you guys should add in here, you know, the high schools that are here, that what they do on Friday nights. And, 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 and almost kind of let it be a recruiting process, an opportunity to get into the ears, because here's what happens. If I move here, and I came from Myrtle Beach back then. Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. Carolinas, I don't have a clue. I'm from the north, and high school football in that area isn't like it is here in Charleston, Coach. No. And, and, you know, that's something that we do around here is we go on, around to the, the new housing development and kind of introduce ourselves and, you know, put a plug in for us. We're good guys. If anybody has any questions about our school, any, anybody has any questions about our athletic programs, please let us know. And our principal at Angel Oak, uh, Judith Condon, does a terrific job pushing one island, you know, one school. You go to Angel Oak, you go to Hot Gap Middle, then you come to St. John's. So, it's really, it's a really special environment, and we're, we're building it up. So that, that going around to those neighborhoods is a big deal for us because we're going to get those kids in a few years. Live right now with Coach Harp here from Johns Island. He is uh, checking in with us. Uh, excited. Uh, they call it one A football. I call it big time Friday night lights there on the island, and they shut it down and they open up the stadium and they file in and fashion. Of course, they tailgate. They do it all. Coach, uh, let's talk a little bit about your days of playing. Of course, uh, you mentioned you play up there in, in the middle of the state of South Carolina, and uh, you, you're familiar with a lot of things here, but you've seen a lot of changes. Let's talk about some of the changes in football. Of course, uh, I, I do this with a lot of guys uh, that come in, mostly the coaches, the athletic directors. For me, the, you guys have your hands full. You, you really do because you're getting kids out of a classroom where the standard inside the classroom is nothing like it is on the football field, and at least back in the day when we played the game. What we expected on the field was expected in the classroom. Now, the language is 
okay to use in the classroom that, quite frankly, I wouldn't imagine using it anywhere. Headsets are worn. They do what they kind of want to a certain degree. You know, it's just not the same. But yet, when you get them on the football field, I know you well enough to know, Coach, that you're not going to sit there and let a kid drop a bomb on the, on the football field. It's not okay to speak that way because I can't go to my job and speak that way. But yet, you've got to recon- right. recondition these kids as soon as you get them Monday through Sunday because they're, they're just used to being able to have a little bit more free spirit. Coach, talk a little bit about the transition of football and kind of it starts in the classroom, but it also carries to the football field, and that makes it kind of hard for you guys to hold these guys to a certain standard. It does, and, you know, I, I played for Jimmy Satterfield at Lexington. We had a great running back by the name of Demetrius Summers, uh, who was a very special athlete, and, you know, we saw Coach Satterfield held him to the same standard as he held everybody else. You know, so when you see a superstar like that, a guy that broke Emmett Smith's rushing record, you know, a lot of them as a junior, the rest of them as a senior, being held to the same standard, um, you know, he had to be at practice on time, he had to be at weightlifting, he was expected to, to do things in the classroom. That that really kind of set the tone for us that, you know, if Demetrius is, is going to be treated this way, we all better act right. Um, but at Hanahan, and I tell the kids here this all the time, when we started winning big at Hanahan is when we stopped having problems in the building. When Charlie and myself and Tom Gallus and Brian Mitchell and David Morbitzer had stopped chasing kids around the hall and trying to get them to do right, we had infinitely more success. And so we, I brought that here, and I talk to our kids about that on a daily basis, in season and out of season. You're disciplined in the classroom. The same mistakes you make in the building are the exact same mistakes you make on the football field. So bringing that attention to detail, bringing that respect, being present in the class. And, and I'll walk around um, – I'm in special ed, so I, I have a little bit more flexibility um, getting around. And I walk around the hallways during the day, during class and during class change, to make sure my guys are doing what they're supposed to. Because, because again, that discipline in the hallway and in the community is the discipline that they show on the football field. And we all have room for improvement. And I'm not saying we have a bunch of robots or a bunch of drones that, that walk around and yes, no, yes, sir, no, sir, all the time. But, but we're trying to build a culture of respect out here, and it, it's going really well. And, we, we've turned the corner. This is, this is going to be a really good program here, here in the near future, and it is because the kids have bought in and accepted. I don't wear earbuds in class. I pay attention to the, class, to, to the teachers. You know, when the college coaches come in, we don't want to have problems with grades. We want to be able to say, yep, no, this guy's going to be good for you. He's already got a test score. He's got the GPA. You want him to play in your football program or not? And so it, it, it's St. John's is on the upswing, and I'm, I, I enjoy doing that just as much as I enjoy – coaching ball on Friday night. It, it, it's fun to build. It's fun to, to influence and impact young men's lives. That's, that's really what my number one priority is. Coach, I got to say, you got some experience in this thing called radio. I'm going to give uh, Joe Call a, a challenge here because, uh, you know, Joe loves doing <laughs> this as well, and I love having you in here. And uh, Of course, uh, Scott Durham's up in Andrews, South Carolina. He comes in with me, and yeah, I consider name a, a dozen coaches because I'm very blessed to get you guys in here. You know, we – we see you guys stomping up and down the sideline or jumping in the hands of your players, and we see a lot of that, right? But I want to put a voice to what you see. I want to put a voice to what you read about you guys. And, again, you know, here's the thing. As a coach, when you win, those players are great. Oh, man, those are some great guys on the football field. But when you lose, let me tell you something, those are the worst coaching staff I've ever seen here at the stadium. Yep. I mean, they, they quickly either they – either, they, they don't love on you much, but, boy, they're quick to hate on you a little bit. That, that comes with the territory, right? I mean, as a player, you and I have played this game in many levels, 
and, and we understand it. And, and I've never coached in high school. I have coached, of course, uh, in, in some of the levels just under this in my older days, the younger days, if you will. But I understand how this works out. But for me, just to hear what you're saying and, and know that you have the same passion as a coach does in 5A football, 4A football, any other, you know, uh, school here in the state of South Carolina, we're lucky to have you as an ambassador to high school football and to the Coaches Association here in South Carolina. That being said, Coach, you know, you played your days at Lexington. You're familiar with a, a high-tempo expectation. Demetrius Summers, who we all had a chance to uh, talk to here on the show before, and he's done a, a, a great job, but he said the same thing. He said, man, look, I was big time, but I was only big time because of the guys that were around me. He spoke very highly of the guys who helped him, him who in him was his was his offensive line, was his quarterback, was the guys around him, you know, the defense that got him the ball back. Because if they don't get the ball back in his hands, he doesn't see another down. And to me, that's a huge deal. So, Coach, talk to us a little bit about what you teach these young guys together as it comes into, you know, appreciating the guys around them. You know, you might be a big five-star guy, but without those five-star linemen, you're not going to get the yards. If you don't have some receivers, you're not going to get the throwing yards if you're a quarterback. Tell us a little bit about your what's your theme over there and what's the one slogan that you guys go with over there on John's Island? T- together. Uh, it started from the first game, and, you know, it, it was really cool. My first game as a head coach, we got to be uh, the first 1A to beat a 5A, and we beat James Island. That was that broke a 25-year losing streak to them. And, and, and I turned around before we came out, and I said, guys, the only way we do this is, is together. And I tell our kids that every day whether it's football season or not, we're in this together. Um, whether I'm the head coach or not, it's all about you. And, and we can only do this together. We can't have guys pulling in different directions. If we're all working together it, for one common goal, for one theme, then we're going to be successful. and We're, we're going to win like we want to win. But, but, again, we have to do it together. It doesn't matter where you live, where you came from, what elementary school you went to, what, if you live on River Road, Murraywood. Um, we're all Islanders now. We all bleed uh, cardinal and red, so that together is a, is a big common theme. And you, you touched on Demetrius. One of the things that, that really I remember from my senior year was he broke Emmett Smith's all-time yardage record against Dorman the first game our senior year, and we lost 32-35. to 35. And Ron Morris asked him, well, what's it mean to you to, to break this record? Demetrius said, I don't care about the record. We lost the game. So that, that's, you know, we're not here for individual stats. Not one time this year did I ever have a kid come and say, hey, coach, can you give me my stats? Hey, hey, how many, how many yards did I have? How many touchdowns did I have? They, they care about the team. And uh, that, that's what we're trying to build so together. We do all this together. It's not about Josh Harp. It's not about any of the coaches. It's not about any of the individual players. It's about us collectively as the St. John's Islanders. So that, that's something that we really push over here. Welcome, everybody, uh, live on here with us right now from St. John's over there, of course. Uh, John's Island is the location. Coach uh, Josh Harp joins us now. Uh, he led his team uh, to the playoffs here, did some big things uh, with his football program. Coach, you know, the one thing as we uh, send you off here, I'm going to ask you this question. I try to get all you guys in here, the coaches, to give some advice to the athletes right now who right now there is no football. There's no Friday night. There's no mandatory practices. This is when you see the character of an individual. If you had to give it an advice right now to an upcoming senior and, and, and everyone else who will be uh, hoping to be a part of this team next year and maybe was on the team last year, what should they be doing right now? What should they be doing? Sitting at home? Should they just be relaxing their muscles a little bit? 
or, or what should they be doing? What, what, what would you recommend uh, a young man who's wanting to be a starter this time next year having a conversation about going to the North-South game or maybe playing in that Shrine Bowl? Champions are made in the offseason. And right now, everybody is even. Everybody is 0-0 for the 2020 season. It's, it's getting in the weight room and learning how to overcome that adversity and learning that the guy spotting you and the guy pushing you is the guy that's going to have your back on Friday night. And that's what it's really about. It's about the memories and, and the experiences you get to have because people that don't play football don't get to learn these experiences. There is stuff on that field that happens and practice it in the game that, that you cannot learn. So I can't give you a textbook or I can't sit down and talk to you about it. It's something that you have to experience yourself and take into life with you. So get in the weight room. Bust your behind. Leave it all in there. But most importantly, have fun doing it. Because just because you're working hard doesn't mean it can't be fun. you got to find the fun in the work. You, Richie, you and I, we have to find the fun in our work every day. We can't get up and, and just grind every day or, or we won't, we'll, we'll burn out. We won't last too long. So you have to be able to find the fun in the hard work. And that, that's, what, that's the advice that I would get to kids. Work hard and have fun. Bust your behind and then go get after it on Friday nights and have fun with your teammates and your friends. That, that, that's my advice. No doubt about it, Coach, as always. I love having you guys in here because you hear some different angles. It's all the same goal. You know, the road to where we're going is different, but the, where we're getting the destination is all the same. And I get to hear different coaches give us different slogans, give different pieces that we can tweet out and, and put on Facebook. And, and again, you know, uh, champions are made in the offseason. You know, work hard, but make it fun. Uh, you know, you, you got to keep pushing through. And you're right, Coach. There's a lot of times I'll get up in the morning. Matter of fact, this whole week I battled – uh, a little bit of a head cold, if you will. And, of course, uh, when you talk, and that's your job, it, it makes it tough to do when you're, you're constantly going into breaks and you're like, man, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I can get one more segment in. But you find a way to push through it, right? And, uh, and you get up and, you know, you just have a long – it gets to be every bit as fun as you thought it would be. And then, again, yeah, you get to do it day after day and talk to guys like you. Congratulations, by the way. The first team, uh, 1A to beat a 5A team. And, of course, uh, beat James Allen in 25 years. I lived on James Allen for a little while, too right there off Camp Road. So I know how big a deal it was for you guys to take down uh, the Trojans. And uh, I can only imagine that tailgate probably lasted a little bit longer than it usually does when you beat a team that close to proximity to your school, to their school. But, uh, Coach, enjoy the day. Not only thanks for what you do on the football field, it's the relationships and the time you give off the field. Thank your family for giving the time away so that you can do what you do here. 365, because being a head coach isn't like it used to be when you and I played, man. These coaches now are coach. Uh, you guys are forced to coach all the time. And I believe, matter of fact, my coach did too, though. When I played football, uh, Coach Gold, Coach Brown, both those guys, yeah, they were always, you know, either knocking on my door, coming to my house, checking on me regularly, making sure we were out there. You know, they were doing this. We just didn't have the seven sevens, you know. We just had to play three sports to, to keep playing. It was just a different era. But uh, for what you guys do, even though the season's not in, the season never really ends in, in the sports that we play. And then also uh, what you do in the classroom. I know you're part of the uh, staff over there at that high school as well. Thanks for the time that you give uh, those individuals day in and day out as well. So uh, enjoy the rest of it, my friend. Uh, you and I will check base later today off the air. I want to get you in here kind of on a regular basis, maybe once or twice a month. We kind of kind of figure uh, feature out a topic that we can talk about. It could be a drill it could be some type of advice, maybe like a one-on-one that we can do, but something that we can do to get the attention of these young kids who are listening in here this morning. 
Sounds great. That, thanks for having me on. I appreciate all that you do for, for high school sports and high school football and, and getting South Carolina high school football out there uh, to the country. It's really special down here, and I'm down. I'm always down to talk football on the air, wherever. I appreciate you having me on, and I, I look forward to, to speaking with you again. No doubt, Coach. I'm going to make a road trip. Uh, we'll do this when we get off the air. I'll call you, but I want to come over and see your facility. I, I get a chance to do that a lot of times as well, so that's something I'm going to to do as well. So we'll, we'll maybe set something up. Maybe we can come over and do a live show from there, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of put that together during the off season. It makes it a lot easier when there's not so much hustle and bustle, if you will, uh, with the Friday Night Lights. Yeah. We have a chance to get around a little bit more and see some of the uh, the family around town. Sounds great, Richie. Thanks. <clears throat> Thank you very much. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the head coach over there on John's Island. Of course, he is the uh, head coach over at St. John's. He's the Islanders anchored down as their theme over there. And, again, uh, it, it's uh, been quite a season for these guys. They make it into the playoffs. Unfortunately, they, they end up having to see the uh, the state champions in, in 1A football. But uh, they had a great season. Uh, they really did. Uh, you know, Celebrating uh, the region that they won. Coach of the year, by the way was Coach Josh Harp, who just joined us just now. And uh, to all that he's done for the low country, all that he's done for that community, all that he means for the Coaches Association here in the state of South Carolina, you know, that's a big deal. And I brag all the time about the five-star quarterbacks we get in here because we've got this week the 2A, the 3A, and the 4A state championship quarterbacks. Last week we had, of course, uh, Olin Chuck tie, of course, uh, the 5A state champion. He came on um, last week with us. He's now playing the North-South game, by the way. I'll talk to him tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I think he probably – did he come in on Monday? Or was that the receiver from Dutch Fork? That was the receiver. That was the receiver, yes. Another okay. five-star kid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, that, that's a great talent pool um, that, that we just mentioned. You know, the 2A through the 4A state champions all on Tuesday morning uh, called into the show. We had a conversation with them uh, talking about their respective um, their respective games and, and just really um, – What's next for, for a lot of these young stars? Because uh, I think I think all three of them that I talked to are now uh, graduating from school. Yeah, all three um, graduate. All three graduate. Matter of fact, all four graduate. Um, matter of fact, the two all the way to the five A, all all the quarterbacks who who were starting quarterbacks that won state championships. They won their state championships. Yep. Will graduate. So that that's kind of a testimony in itself here. So to have those guys in here is huge. But when you get these coaches like Coach Harp, who was the uh, the one A coach of the year. Uh, in here, that that's a big deal. You know, it's hard to it's easy to sell a program, ladies and gentlemen, when you're five A football, when you're four A football. It is a lot easier to some degree. Or if you've got tradition, how easy is that? I mean, that's kind of again, I, I I talk a lot about it. But again, I'm not going to say it's it's there's other things that come involved into it too. You still have to get the kids on the field. They still have to practice. They still have to give the heart. They have to do the things. And I've been at, I've been at places right where I've seen the coaches out practice out practice the, the players. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a sad situation, but it's reality because these kids come from these hallways where it's an entitlement you up in the campus, but it's a accountability you down on the football field. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that being said, we do need to take a break. Top of the hour now. We do thank uh, the coach over there on John's Island, St. John's High School, the Islanders. Uh, of course, uh, y- you love what they do over there. They have a different style they have a different aura it is fun it is interesting it is 1a football at its best he talked about bringing the band back it was a big deal and again you know the, the adversity uh, that they deal with day in and day out it, it's real the struggles are real uh on friday nights in different areas but i do thank him uh for hanging out with us we've talked a handful of times off the air 
it just finally worked to get him here with us this morning. So quick break coming back. I believe Bryce Coon should join us here at the top of the hour in hour number two. We'll talk college football. He's hanging out in Valdasta, Georgia, unless he's made his way to Alabama, which I don't know. Maybe he has. But we'll check into him and his lately what he's been doing right here on Southern Sports Central, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network. My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm, and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the Tent Farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich. I'm alongside Will Porter. We'll bring you in here real quick. We're waiting on uh, Mr. Bryce to check in with us this morning. Yes, sir. Uh, but, uh, again, we, we love to have the coaches in here because, to me, it's a lot of fun. You get these guys in here, and uh, it, it becomes as advertised. It's, it's, it's the fun part of hearing the side of them that you don't get to hear. You don't get to see, you know, this side of them. It's the calm-down version. It's not the stress of the season. Uh, it, it's not the two-a-days, the one-a-days, the all-days. That they deal with, uh, because here's the thing, and I and I had a chance to to, to do a little one on one with a lot of guys during the season, be it at one high school or the other. I've had a chance to talk to other high schools, and um, you know, for me, you know, it, it's been a, a lot of fun for me to build these relationships. I said this the other day on social media. You know, the one thing I love about Southern Sports Central is, is so many things, but the one thing I love the most is the relationships that I built throughout my time here on the air. And whether it be with a football player, it be with a football coach, the athletic director, moms and dads, grandmas. I mean, I have one grandma, she checks in with me on, on, on Facebook and just said the other day, she said, you know, it's weird. I turn on the radio on Friday night at 7.15 and you're not there. You okay? Oh, man. <laughs> that's pretty neat. It is. And that's a grandma. It is. You know? Yeah. I mean, how cool is that? But it just, it meant a lot to me personally because she took the time just to reach out. And, uh, you know, for me, that, that, that says a lot about things. Uh, you know, I had a chance yesterday uh, for the second time this week to, to, to talk to Coach McKissick's wife and uh, you know, Miss McKissick, you know. And um, she may be by, by, by far the strongest woman I've ever met in my life. And uh, just very passionate about the town of Somerville, the school of Somerville, the tradition of Somerville. And, uh, man, I, I tell you what, I, I really think that, that we've, got a, we've got our own uh, five-star coach's wife here that we could probably take her around town to town to town and put her around a bunch of other coaches' wives and let her give a seminar on how to be the first lady <laughs> of high school football Friday Night Lights. Yeah, for, the, for those that don't know, um, for the coaches' wives, even, even the young coaches' wives who, who don't know and they haven't uh, been in it for, for too long, and, you know, she she did that for, gosh, almost 63 years, I want to say. 
She did a long time. She did, she did it for a very long time. And then, you know, Co- and Coach McKissick there being um, – she being right by his side. Um, and, and there are plenty of other examples to, to look at, too. You had, um, you know, Mama Tate. We go, we go back on – we mentioned her uh, first time in the, in the 7 o'clock hour. Now in the 8 o'clock hour, you mentioned her again. Yep. Mama Tate from Wren High School. And you can just hear all of the, all of the players. Right. And anybody from the Wren – uh, community or from that Wren, um, from that Wren high school football team that they talk so highly of her. Right. With, with a lot of reverence and respect. And that, and that's something that, um, at, at least for me, I haven't, you know, been, been around it to, uh, really see the, the love and, and care that a coach's wife has. Right. But I, I just I have that that sense of feeling now because right. I, because I can understand it a little bit more. Well, you you were part of it. So so can you give you an idea? When I grew up playing baseball, facial hair was not happening. Uh, long hair was definitely not happening. Uh, so so you know the shortcuts and the sideburns, which are the earlobes, that type of stuff. And uh, in the baseball world, football, you know, I it wasn't I didn't you know Coach uh, Renfro wasn't wasn't our coach. It was Coach Brown. But in baseball, it was Coach Renfro. Of course, that's Hunter Renfro's father that played at Clemson and now is playing for the Raiders. Well, uh, his wife, Mary Beth, would come up to me, and she would look at my face, and she would rub it to make sure it was clean cut. <laughs> and she would look at my sideburns, and she would say, all right, you're ready to go to battle. And, and, but she loved on you. She hugged on you. Um, you know, so when you see the Hunter Renfros that, that, that the rest of the world has finally met, I've known the Renfros my whole life. I've seen Hunter, you know, just crawling around, getting into crap, and always messing with our stuff and drooling all over the place. I mean, you know, I don't think he drools anymore. I don't think so. But, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, but at the end of the day, I mean, you look at these moms, and, and, and they are just a part of uh, – they're, they're another chapter of, of your life and the game that you played in. And in baseball, it was, uh, you know, it, it was Coach Brown's wife. You know, she was the same way, man. It, it was accountability. She was kind of a second mom course to you now you didn't see her as much as you think you would see her because somebody had to stay home and raise the kids mm-hmm. and i mean by mom and dad like coach call's wife for example you know miss elizabeth you know she's got a they, they full-time job and they got to be a full-time double parent there's a lot to it mm-hmm. you know and then of course uh you know and football coaching now is a little bit more i think because um they're expected to do more you know i think the pay is still the same yes yeah, but they're expected to do this to do more and, and, and for me, you know, I have a lot of respect because I had a lot of love coming from the coach's wife, the coach's wife, being a quarterback, being a pitcher, you know, holding those positions were huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, you know, it, it's exciting because of the factor that, that, you know, the kids too. I mean, there's another entity to it too. We talk about the coach's wife, but, but how about I remember, I remember going to schools, to elementary schools, and, and, and walking around with the jerseys on. And, and, and being engaged with the elementary kids. Man, those kids looked at you like you were an NFL football player. Oh, yeah. Or you were a major league baseball player. Yeah. They wanted, man, I remember one kid, every time I went there, man, I never, I had to end up, finally had to figure something out because I was losing baseball gloves or, or something. He wanted something that I had on, <laughs> you know. And, and, and the first time I went there and I forgot, you know, like one of my armbands or something for football. Yeah. You thought I told him that Santa Claus wasn't coming this year, dude. It broke his heart, dude. Like I had to go back home. Or back, I had to go back to the school, and after school, I went back over there and, and got him what he needed. I got him two of them instead of one, so it cost me twice as much. But um, it's just amazing. There's so much more to Friday Night Lights that, that we don't talk about here as much. Again, the X's and the O's, or the Jimmy's and the Joe's, and all that stuff that we get into, 
you know, during the season, it's fun. It's grit. It's great glamour. And, and, and championships are fun, but it's the memories that are made. Yesterday, we had a character award handed out yesterday, and I thought that was really big to have Hunter Fontaine come in here. Mm-hmm. And I saw another article on him just yesterday after our show. Oh, was it? Social yeah. media. So those are the stories during the off season that what we covered. Now, we are going to get in some college football coming out of the next break here uh, at about 8.15. But that being said, you know, to kind of wrap it up and put a bow on high school football for today's show at least, you know, there's a lot more that goes into it. I know tomorrow you're going to be here in the studio and I'll be on the road and um, really hammering down some more high school stuff. Of course, I'll be able to kind of get you up to date, maybe interview a few guys down there in Myrtle Beach with us. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of gave you the, the run of things when it comes to the uh, the, the, the fifth quarter. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- that's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, uh, tomorrow Army-Navy game is going to kick off. That's going to be a big one. Yeah. Traditionally, it's yeah. a big one. Of course, uh, Brandon Johnson, the yeah. Dorchester kids. I was going to mention our boy. One. Yeah, I was going to mention our boy, Brandon Johnson. You know, we're going to be supporting Navy all the way. Navy, Navy all day. And, uh, you know, uh, beat Army is, uh, is their slogan here. So we'll we'll join the wagon with them there. And you know, it's just going to be a lot of fun here during the offseason. We, we, we try to bring in and, and kind of what I like to say, do a spring cleaning, if you will. We kind of go through some of the ups and downs and all the rounds of high school football. What does it mean? Uh, a lot of coaches will come on during this time of year because of the fact that there's a lot that needs to be happening. Listen, if you're an upcoming senior, you need to sit down with your kids and, 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 and your team and, and the guys and, and, and put a standard in check. All right, if you're waiting for the coaches to have a practice in the spring, guess who's not? The guys that are winning rings in December. You know why they want a ring in December? Because they're doing it a December a year ago the right way. If you do the same thing today and tomorrow and the next day and you expect something different, that's called insanity. Mm. You know, I can promise you this. If yeah. you do exactly what you did today, if you're still doing that from yesterday, you're going to still get the same result tomorrow. And if you're okay with the time that you exited out of your, your, your season, that's okay. Go knock yourself out. But I'm pretty sure you got tired of sweating until you couldn't sweat no more. Crab crawl until you couldn't crab crawl no more. Run until you couldn't run no more. That wet ball was screaming for you to get off the football field, but it was .111 just away from you getting off the field because it didn't hit that one mark, and you stayed up there the whole July practice. I know this for a fact. A lot of you guys work just as hard as anybody else out there. I do. I get it. But the problem is, is that there's some other guys that give a little bit more. And as Coach McKissick says, it takes a little bit more to be a champion. What you put in the bucket is what you get out of the bucket. So my question is to you. In December, what do you put in the bucket in December, Will? Well, you touched on a lot. You touched on a lot. And, I, and I'll, try to, um, I'll try to, you know, compartmentalize everything here. But, um, you know, the, the, the teamwork and the, the drive and the, the passion and the heart, um, and talking about the, the community with, uh, with the kids and with, the, you know, the, the coaches' wives and, and, the, and those things, it takes a village. It takes a village to – uh, raise raise up a person, raise up a family, uh, raise up raise up an athlete, and in this case, it would be uh, an entire team. And and it's and it's leadership driven. Every everything is just leadership driven. It has to be because if not, then and where where who's going to drive? Who's going to drive the bus point to point B? Where are you at on point A? At point A, and then where are you going to get to at point B? Like what like what is your end game? What is your end goal? And you know, it, it is a lot of drive and passion and heart. And, um, and you know, uh, coach from St. John's, he, he mentioned it, you know, that the championships, um, championships are won in, in the month of December. Championships are won in the off season. And th- those programs that are talking and, and having talks right now, you know, what is it, 
what is it that they are doing? Well, they're discussing, you know, we have seniors that are leaving now and the upcoming uh, juniors and the upperclassmen that they, they need to uh, step up and be a leader. So who, who's going to be the leader? Well, I'll tell you what, it's going to have to be, it's got to be somebody who is, is just willing to take that extra step, to take that extra mile, uh, to go the extra mile, to uh, be the first one, uh, the first one in the morning to the practice field or the first one in the weight room and then the last to leave to turn the lights off. He's the same, he's the same guy to turn the lights on and the lights off. And it, it, it's a matter of who is going to, you know, stand up and, and take responsibility if, if there needs to be responsibility taken on something. You know, and, and it, all of this encapsulates the, the one thing of drive and perseverance and just the, the mentality of a champion. Like, what, what, is, what is the mentality of being a champion? Well, it's, it's going, making that extra step, taking that extra step, pushing yourself further and further than, than you have um, in, in times prior and in the moments prior. And it, it's, it's, all of these, it's all of these things. It's not just one thing. And we, and we, and we, we harp on this a lot. Uh, Richie, you and I, we talk about it, um, all of the speakisms of, of Coach McKissick. And that it takes a little more to be a champion. What you what you put in the bucket is, is what you're going to get out. And you know, you if you if you invest in yourself and you invest in your team, and you and you see that goal that you want to reach, well then you need to continue to believe it each and every day when you wake up every morning, and whenever you go to sleep at night. And and it's each and every day got in the battle in order to win the war. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. We've got to go to break here. Uh, I do believe Adam may check in with us here in a second. Uh, this is going to be a senior from Somerville High School. We're, uh, we're going to stay a little bit more, a little bit longer in the high school conversation than we thought we would, but uh, he is going to get in here with us, and I'd love him to have an opportunity to be a three-year starter as a varsity player. He's also to the uh, He's going to play in uh, some football on Saturdays. A lot to do with it. So we'll get him for about 10 to 12 minutes here coming out of break. But here's the one thing. I'm going to leave you with this from what Will just said. Nobody, and I mean nobody, should invest more in you than you. It's not fair for you to expect somebody to put more time into you than you. It's not somebody that you expect them to do more than you than you. And it all starts with who? You. If you're not leading by example, if you're not the best defensive tackle not just on your team, but in your state and in the country, then you need to work to do that. You want to play college football? You think college football is easy? You complain about lifting weights in, in high school, and you think you're a college football player? You don't have a chance. You want to be a college athlete, and you think that, 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 that having a structure is, is, is annoying? Take it from me. It's a business. It's a business. It's an opportunity, and it is a, um, it's an opportunity for you to do the one thing that you get to do. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Adam McKenna is going to join us all the way from Somerville High School. We'll chat with him coming up next as you're listening to Southern Sports Central on Blog Talk Radio. Cheese. 
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yellman alongside Will Porter on the other side of the glass as he's pushing a few buttons, answering a few phone calls. You want to join us here now? Come on in and let's hang out. Let's have a conversation. The number to do it, 323-784-9681. That is the number to call in. Be a part of what we do here on our Friday morning show. Of course, uh, don't forget tomorrow it is going to be the fifth quarter with Will Porter. and He uh, brings me in to hang out with him. I do his own show, do his own thing on Saturdays. And uh, around the north south game see a lot of fun hopefully i'll get a couple players stop by not sure if they'll be there that early or not but uh, we will i had to take this but i'm going to go to somerville high school welcome into live is adam mccannon adam top of the morning brother how's life over there in somerville uh Going pretty well, Richie. How about you? Dorchester, too. Somerville, the city, the low country, but the entire state here. As uh, you'll know, coming up here next week. Now you'll take off and get out of here uh, on uh, Sunday, uh, and of course, uh, enjoy the. I mean, that is the creme de creme in all-star game of South Carolina, where you guys will play the best of the best in North Carolina. You'll rise up. You'll go to protect a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, one of those is a guy up there in uh, Myrtle Beach that you're going to get to hang out with, uh, Mr. Garcia. You're going to be a lot of relationships, and you're going to see and talk to a lot of guys who uh, you've either followed them on social media, you've played against them in the playoffs, but you've never had a chance to call them a teammate, and that will change coming up this week. Now, when that's all said and done, you'll finish your senior year, then you're heading over to play college football at the University of Rhode Island. Of course, uh, we'll be a Ram there. That's for you, Adam. That's You got a chance to go back home where you grew up. You moved away when you were three years old to come down here to the low country. Uh, they fed you when you were young, and you're coming back when you're old, and uh, you're going to do some big things because you're a big dude. So you know the drill, man. Tell us your guys. 
and uh, tell us your bench and all that as you're a big offensive lineman to represent. Uh, yeah, well, um, I'm six four and a half, uh, two eighty five. I bench two eighty five, um, and uh, you know, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to go back home. You know, I got family up there, um, and I'm just excited to go be a part of uh, the Rhode Island football program and uh, just be a part of the family up there again. Well, we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But coming up, like we mentioned on Sunday, you're going to uh, take the uh, take the trip. You're going to head over to uh, I would believe it's Spartanburg, South Carolina. We will play at Walford College uh, next Saturday. It's the nation's oldest high school all-star game where 44 of the best players from North and South Carolina play each other to help draw awareness to the Shriners Hospital. There's always a different uh, feel to it when you've got the connection there with the little kids. You guys are going to visit some hosp- a hospital, if I'm not mistaken. You're going to get to eat uh, with a lot of people that uh, you never would do stuff like man, it hard to reward So I was pretty good at it too, and they put a little offensive line in the game. Uh, so, uh, what was that, Right, guys, sorry about that. A little technical difficulties. Got that figured out. Are you still with us, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. All right, buddy. Sorry about that. So, as we, we kind of look at things uh, here with this upcoming, what, what do you know about it? What have you heard about it? And, and again, tell us a little bit of, of your thoughts and opinions of, of playing this game that's a prestige, you know, game that you guys only, the best of the best, get an opportunity to be invited here. And, again, this is something that, uh, again, I, I believe this is on your bucket list when you started playing high school football because everybody knows uh, this is where the uh, the All-Star game uh, is most highlighted when it comes to the state of South Carolina and North Carolina. Yeah, I've heard about it ever since I was a freshman and uh, how hard it is to get into and how uh, how cool it would be to go. And, you know, to go is just – it's it's just a dream. Um, I've had teachers and coaches come up to me and congratulating me, welcoming me to the Shrine Bowl family, you know, guys that have gone before me that I, uh, I get to join their brotherhood and, um, continue on a legacy of Somerville Shrine Bowlers. Live right now with Adam McCann, of course, who is uh, here with us. And, uh, again, Adam, kind of tell us a little bit about have you had the opportunity yet to hear about the itinerary and how things are going to go with with you guys. And uh, you get there Sunday, you play on Saturday, but do you have any idea what's going to happen coming up uh, this week? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, practice every day. It sounds like, uh, you know, go get go get to visit the uh, under's hospital, like you said. Uh, a few banquets here and there, and then uh, I think Wednesday morning we'll have a early signing day kind of a celebration, which I will be participating in. Um, so I get to uh, <clears throat> get to share that moment with a bunch of those guys up there. I hope. Talking to Adam McCann, who, of course, is heading to uh, another opportunity to play football one more final time with that S, at least on his helmet there. Uh, they'll give him a uniform to go with it. But, uh, man, what's the one thing I, I would say that you're looking forward to the most, Adam, when it comes to uh, playing in this game, other than to keep the tradition going at Somerville? Is there a player that you kind of watched the last three or four years? Because, again, you are a three-time starter over at Somerville. That means a big deal here because uh, it's not – a given that you'll start as a sophomore, you'll play as a sophomore. Usually as a junior, you'll work your way in, and then you'll hold your position as a senior. But you've seen a lot of talent coming in around just the low country, around the state of South Carolina. But for the first time, come Sunday night and Monday into Saturday, these guys that you've gone against over at Fort Dorchester or maybe over at uh, Goose Creek or maybe all the way up on the Grand Strand or anywhere else in the great state, because it's not like the north-south game, you're actually going to get the best of the best across the entire state of South Carolina to be your brothers for a whole week. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, you know, I, I've gone to some camps with these guys, uh, you know, like Briggs Curse, uh, Parker Clements, and, you know, Daryl Ware. I've been playing against him since I was a freshman. So, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that are going to be up there that um, I'm excited to, you know, play with uh, and, you know, get to know a little more because, you don't get you don't get to know too many people whenever you're uh, just playing on a Friday night, so I'm excited for that definitely. Um, I was hoping to see Luke Doty up there, um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be fun up there with uh, with the guys that we have. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good, good roster, roster here. here. As, uh, yeah, you start to kind of look at things here. One of those guys that's coming in here is going to be Mason Garcia. Now, Mason, I, I got to be honest with you. I think Luke Doty is a great five-star kid who's going to go to the University of South Carolina. But, but for me, when, when you look at the, the whole thing, Mason Garcia is a kid that doesn't get a lot of that because he's been overshadowed by the likes of, uh, of a Luke Doty. Now, Luke, again, a great kid. I talked to him over at the uh, championship game on uh, Saturday as they played Wren. But uh, And he's excited about being a Gamecock. He's going to join that staff in January. But for me, Mason Garcia is that dual threat kid. This kid can throw it. He can run it. He's going to East Carolina. I think you have a lot of fun blocking this kid, protecting this kid, and getting to know him. He's been on the show multiple times. Unfortunately for them, uh, his uh, freshman, sophomore, and junior campaign ended here in Somerville, as you guys were able to knock them out of here, of the playoffs. And um, you got to look at that as well. Like you mentioned working camps and stuff like that, Adam. So give me in your four years at high school, being a Somerville Green Wave, you got a chance to play for a legendary team with, uh, of course, our legendary coach McKissick that just passed away, which uh, you know all the storylines there because you live here, but you play for Coach Call, who I always say, he's kind of like Dabo Swinney in the high school ranks, man. This guy loves on his kids, but he expects the kids and he holds the kids accountable over there at Somerville. Uh, with that being said, Give me your best memory that you took out when you finally realized that you just played your final game at Somerville High School. Give me a memory that you'll look back when you're up there, and it just seems so hard because you're now in the college ranks, Adam, that uh, you'll look back and say, man, I remember that time at Somerville. Well, uh, I remember uh, 
it was going into my going into my sophomore year. We were working out. I was working out with the uh, with some of the varsity guys um, over the summer, and uh, met Coach Call for the first time. And he uh, he came up with me, uh, up to me, and brought over my offensive line coach, Coach Nesbitt, and uh, they said, "Dang, Adam, you are pretty big, man." Uh, and uh, they asked me to put on 60 pounds that summer. And I, I remember just being so uh, so confused uh, why they want me to put on 60 pounds. And uh, they want they told me they wanted me to play offensive line for them. And uh, so I stepped up to the, to the plate, put on about 45, maybe 50, and um, started learning the position. Because I started off as a tight end freshman year on JV and played back up my sophomore year and didn't start till I was a junior. So, um, yeah, that's probably – probably my best memory which really kind of set up the whole course of events that unfolded before me well the one thing that did unfold for you is an opportunity to go play college football and that is going through the adversity the testimony and all the things and i hope you use your story when you go up there uh to play uh in the northern side of the world up there of course in rhode island i hope you have this conversation with high schoolers up there with uh, the young athletes up there you get out and about which is what you do here in somerville you know, you, you, you're part of the green wave, whether you, of course, uh, wear it on Friday nights or you wear that other jersey on Saturdays. And then Sundays, when you make it to the NFL, it never changes, right? The expectations of what you guys are taught over there at Somerville continues uh, through you guys, right? You guys get to go out and be the light in the communities that you're in. And with that being said, you know, go tell those guys, hey, man, look, I was knocked down my junior year. I got back up. I got knocked down my senior year. I got back up. And I can promise you, as long as you keep getting back up, you'll get these things called rewards. Now, your rewards come in pretty big fashion, big guy, because you're heading to the Shrine Bowl on Sunday. In July, you're going to be heading over to uh, play at a place that you grew up, and that's home for you, actually, as uh, I get Somerville as home. But you, you were born up there in that Rhode Island side of town. And of course, being a commit there to the Rams, uh, you're going to get an opportunity to do something that many kids only dream about because you put in the hard work, the dedication, and mom and dad really well. They've done a great job raising you to be quite the grown man that you've become here. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching this next chapter. Uh, I will put something for me today. To have you in here. We want to take this ride with you. So I encourage you next week, if you're up and you have the ability to call into the show while you're up there at the Shrine Bowl, be my eyes and ears up there, big guy. Call in and check in. Let us know how things are going. Uh, and then, of course, when you get up there to play in Rhode Island, don't forget about us guys down here in Charleston. Don't forget about us guys down here in, in, in Somerville, South Carolina, man. We want to hear from you, and we want to be a part of that ride because uh, we're proud of you. We appreciate you, man. And as always, uh, you know, everything that you've done to this point, man, uh, you know, is five-star. Thank you, Richie, man. Thank you for everything. I appreciate it. No doubt, big guy. Well, go out there and do your thing. I know you got class coming up now, so uh, we appreciate everything that you've done on and off the Air Force here at Southern Sports Central. Man, it's been a fun ride. You and I have known each other a long time. I met this kid. He might have been nine years old in flag football uh, at a uh, upper here in Somerville. Didn't know I knew him when he came to Somerville, but mom and me and dad started having conversations. Of course, he's a swimmer there at the uh, high school and uh, one of the best swimmers you'll find around is with the athletes over there in the McKinnon household. But um, I had a chance to realize, man, each other a long time, Adam, man. I've watched you grow up from a little guy. So, you know, I'm real proud of you. And keep doing it. Man. If 
around town, don't hesitate to give me a shout, big guy. We'll do, Richie. Thank you. And then there you go, and gentlemen. Adam comes in here. Offensive lineman, six four. Loving coming to you in a few up there at the uh, Shrine Bowl. He'll take off out of here on Sunday. He'll play in that uh, big time game. Uh, on uh, Saturday, a week from tomorrow, and then when he's done with high school, he'll be delivered over to Rhode Island. Or he'll be a Ram for the next three or four years. And I tell you what, the kid has gone through, he's dealt with, he understands more, and his character has been shown by the rewards that he continues to get. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll take some calls, and you can hang out with us. 323-784-9681 as we're live right here on Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Southern Sports Central Radio Network. Friday. I'm Rich Young alongside the man, the myth, and building up a legacy here on the other side of the border. Will continues to 
just improve and improve and get better and better, man. That's our job here is to get better. I'm doing my part. You're doing your part. <laughs> Hopefully you guys are enjoying all that on the other side of the air here. As uh, we bring you guys what we like to believe is, uh, is, is a five-star show with a bunch of five-star guests here. We really appreciate Adam McKenna getting in here from Somerville High School. Of course, uh, right before Hunter, uh, we checked in over there on John's Island at St. John's High School. Coach uh, Josh Harp, the guy, of course, uh, played his days at Lexington High School. Uh, with a guy that uh, Demetrius Summers was his name. And, uh, again, appreciate his time, energy, and effort. But now we're going to turn the likes to college football, the College Football Awards 2019. Uh, we got some winners uh, here that were recognized, I believe, yesterday, Will? Yeah, it was yesterday. And um, I tell you, uh, it should come as no surprise. Joe Burrow was uh, one of the one of many awards uh, went his way. Uh, right. And, you know, he's still two wins away from you know a national championship uh, trophy but he's right. added to his trophy cabinet already um last night as uh, college football they announced their the winners for some of uh, the game's top individual honors and so like i'm just gonna i'm gonna kind of directly read here from the article you know burrow has been one of the biggest stories all season throwing for 4,715 yards 48 touchdowns while helping guide the tigers to a 13-0 record and the number one seed in the college football playoff and Thursday night belonged to the Tigers. Award is the player of the year. That goes to Joe Burrow. Bless you. The Davey O'Brien National Quarterback Award, that's the best quarterback award. That goes to Joe Burrow, LSU. Um, the Doak Walker Award is the best running back. That goes to Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. Uh, the best receiver award is uh, the Blinknikoff Award, and that goes to Jamar Chase, also from LSU. Uh, Chuck Bendarek Award, that's the Defensive Player of the Year. That goes to Chase Young, Ohio State. That's really no question there. Uh, the Outland Trophy goes to, to the best interior lineman. That's um, Panay Sewell. That, that, that player's from Oregon. The Jim Thorpe Award, the best defensive back, that goes to Grant Delpit at LSU. Um, the best kicker goes to Rodrigo Blankenship from Georgia. And then the best punter, that goes to Max Duffy from Kentucky. From Kentucky. Now, I do need to say the, the the Maxwell Award is the Player of the Year, but it's not the Heisman. And the Maxwell Award doesn't always predict the eventual Heisman Trophy winner. Tua took home the honor last year, but was runner-up to Oklahoma's Kyler Murray in the Heisman voting. Now, however, the Maxwell more than often more often than not provides a rough idea of how the Heisman race uh, will play out. And now Burrow wasn't the only player, the LSU player, who received some hardware. Um, as he helped wide receiver Jamar Chase earn the um, Blitnikoff Award. And Chase is carrying on the tradition of dynamic Tigers pass catchers with 73 receptions for just a, just under 1,500 yards and 18 touchdowns as a sophomore. And then the Tigers' safety, Grant Delpit, was also the Jim Thorpe Award winner after registering 56 total tackles, two interceptions, and six pass breakups during the regular season. And some wondered if Delpit was the most deserving candidate from his own from his own team, um, and then Chase Young, arguably the easiest word to call uh, when he won the Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he's been a terror all season: 21 tackles for loss, 16 and a half sacks, all in 11 games. Remember, it would have been 12, but he was suspended for for that one game. Um, there, I think it was either with the Wisconsin game or the one after. But you know, all around, a lot of these awards that were um, issued today, uh, really no question. Uh, or, or yesterday, in fact, and we're talking about them this morning. Uh, Joe Burrow and Chase Young, uh, both of whom are Heisman Trophy candidates, but Joe Burrow takes on the Maxwell Award as the Player of the Year. 
Um, and that play is with football, and it goes towards um, it, it. It shines a light towards the Heisman. Yeah, it's pretty much a done deal. Of Oklahoma, get this right. Across the airways with these guys, that he did it in fashion. He did it against some squads who had, I, I guess, kind of crowned themselves a DBU. Remember Texas? They beat them. They beat them in Texas, and they did it in fashion there. And and it, and it built up a lot of animosity towards a lot of people because here's the thing. People wanted Texas to be back. People need Texas to be back. I need Texas to come back. I need Florida State. I need Miami. You know, it's good to see Michigan back. They might not be back at undefeated style, but for these three schools that are still undefeated, you know, at the top of the heat there, you know, that's a huge deal. And I don't care what conference you play in, to give Clemson a little bit of love here on the show. You know, to go undefeated is a big deal. Whether you're a JV football team like Somerville did are you Clemson Tigers and the AC? You still have to get talented teams. Right. So for me, you know, it's a big deal. I do see uh, it, it is what it is, and and you look, you understand what you understand when you look at some of these re- awards coming out and the results that come with it. But I just find it hard to believe come Heisman Trophy night that that Joe Burrow is not going to get another piece, and he's probably got that really situated to go right there in the middle of the trophy case. I feel pretty good that he's going to win this one hands down. I just, it, it's hard. I don't have a vote. I know Bobby Harden has a vote. Bill Corn Blue has a vote. Uh, a lot of guys that I have a chance to have conversations with uh, and no, they didn't tell me who they voted for, but it, it, it's kind of a no. Jalen Hurst, but unfortunately, you know, they got that one blemish on their record. He had shown weaknesses, right? He has shown uh, some things, and again, the, the Big 12 is not a defensive conference. They also recognize that as well. Now, right. the SEC is not as strong as it has been, but defensively, they're probably one of the stronger defensive conferences, Power 5, in the right. country, along with the Big 10. Yeah, and, you know, SEC has really been the one Power 5 school that's had um, a lot of strengths um, as far as more more teams that are in the top 25 or the more, the more teams that are ranked. Right. And it's it's really an odd feeling because um, you know the the people the people who bet money on who's going to win the Heisman or who's going to win um, the Maxwell Trophy or, or different things like that you know they're the ones uh, they're the ones that that put all their money on Tua and then Tua gets hurt that hip injury and that ends his um, that, that possibly ends his entire um, college career and for him to have been the really the unanimous decision among a lot of people to be the best, um, to be a front runner for the Heisman candidate right. or for the, for the Heisman trophy for him to be that front running candidate. And then for him to go down like that, it's unfortunate. It really is. And I, and I don't mean it. Um, and I, I don't mean it, uh, in a, in such a bad way of me saying that, but then up and comes Joe Burrow and he, and he was already stellar. I think, you know, even whenever he went to Ohio State and right. then he entered the transfer portal, ended up at LSU. Um, but that that was a lot of – he had a lot of tools in his tool belt already. And then going to LSU, and, you know, Ed Ogeron is – he's in that – he's still in that phase of uh, kind of rebuilding the offense, and I think that he has to some degree. Oh, man, that offense <laughs> – it, it, it's, it's crazy that uh, I think – If they can get better, brother, yeah, Nick Saban, man, he might need to start looking at his car lots and see if they need some help because here – Here's the thing. Losing to LSU and your Alabama is not a good thing. I know losing to Auburn is awful. It, it, it will cost your job. 
That's the difference between South Carolina and, and Alabama and Auburn. Right. You lose to your rival once or twice, we'll, we'll have a little small conversation. You lose to them three or four times. You lose to them five times. Brother, you, you, you could stay here, but you're not coaching here. Mm-hmm. You can live on the lake, but you better open up a business of, of, of driving people around on a boat because coaching here ain't an option. Mm-hmm. And I understand that you've got injuries and you've got life, da, 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 da. We can go on and on about that. But you don't lose in the state of Alabama. I, 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 I can tell you, you can go undefeated but lose year after year to Auburn. If you're in Alabama, you will not, under any way, shape, or form, be recognized. Well, it, it's a strange year. Yeah. Uh, this year, especially, Alabama has lost two games. The last time that they lost two games, I can't even tell you. Right. And they are out of the college football playoff for the first time in, since it was uh, since it was uh, cultivated. Right. And then, and so the question started. You know, is the dynasty over? No, it's not over. They they, they just happened to hit a snag of of two games. They lost one to a great LSU team who was in the playoffs. And then they lose to Auburn with a uh, Tua Tagovailoa's right. less Alabama. Right. And I mean, and, the, and the, I know it's it's two games, and it's only two games. Right. Like you go you go ten and two. Most teams would dream they they dream about going ten and two, but yet they can't because you know why? Because they don't have an Alabama. They don't have a Tua Tagovailoa. Or those coaches that come through there, that that coaching farm that is Alabama, right? And you know that that product, the, the product that they continue to push out each and every year, and you know it and it, it is strange in a way to not see Alabama in the top four or or in the top ten for that matter. And they're they're going to be playing Michigan, um, they're going to be playing Michigan in a bowl game. And the, the, it's funny that you brought up Michigan. The last time that they played against Michigan in in a bowl game, right? Tom Brady was the quarterback at Michigan. There you go. That, that's that's how long they don't it need has Tom been. Brady to beat Alabama. No, you don't need a Tom Brady to beat Alabama. I can promise you, Michigan does. Michigan, dude, Michigan, Alabama. It's so funny, man, that everybody is selling out Alabama. Man, Alabama is—they're not a bad team. They're not bad. They're, they've got the best wide receivers in the country. Dude, Jerry Judy is—they're the one best. Of the great, yeah, the greatest. But not, but, receivers and they've got a kid that seen. can hit him in the chest, man. They're gonna be just fine. And and and, and the state of and, and Michigan cringes to see the SEC. In a bowl game, they can't beat the SEC. Doesn't matter whether it's the Gamecocks or I'm anybody else. That, yeah. So, so yeah, they're going to need Tom Brady at Michigan uh, to to beat uh, Alabama. Trust me. <laughs> this just released here by the uh, North South Committee. If you're listening in, check this out. The high school captains have been released for the Mars game. Uh, 2019 captains uh, Ty Olachuk uh, will represent one of the captains there on the South side. He of course is at Dutchport, and it is Nander Lawrence of Airport. He of course uh, will. Uh, be the one-two punch there for the captains. On the north side, I actually talked to this kid uh, when we made that road trip uh, as uh, Oceanside, went up to play the War Horses in Barnwell. I got a chance to meet Hunter Helms. He is the quarterback over there, great collegiate. And then Emmanuel Bush from Lancaster uh, will uh, be the uh, captains there. This also just released uh, for the upcoming event, if you're there today. Uh, they woke the boys up at 6.30 this morning and 7.30. The north-south teams had the FCA breakfast. At the Crown Reef, which is a really nice hotel there on the uh, boulevard. Don't call it – look, when you go to Myrtle Beach, do not call it the Strip. That is the first way we know you're not from here. It's like calling it Hot Atlanta if you're in Atlanta. Do not call it the Strip. Call it the Boulevard. I'm going to give you a heads up. So if you go to Myrtle Beach this weekend, you don't stick out like a sore thumb. Take a note. There you go. 9 to 11, the north-south teams over at Doug Shaw Memorial Stadium. Weather permitting, a walk-through, run-through. 
noon, north south, the north team eats at Johnny Rockets over at Broadway at the beach. And at noon, the south team eats at Extreme Pizza Buffet, also at Broadway at the beach. Both teams will return to the hotels. Uh, and then at 530, the north and south teams cook out at Boys and Girls Club of the Grand Strand. And that, of course, is over at 1000 Dunbar Street in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Parents are invited. So, you know, parents will be there. Of course, 1030 is going to be their uh, curfew for tonight. That just came through. I want to give you kind of some breaking news there if you're following us in and around uh, that area. Now, that being said, back to some of the conversations that you're having here. You know, it's interesting to me, and it really is interesting, because everybody has sold out Alabama. They're no good. They're no good. They're, they're just – look, let me tell you something, man. LSU's that good. They are. Auburn is the best loss team in the, in the country. With their toughest schedule in the country, by the way. Had to, yeah, had to be the toughest, if not one of the toughest schedules. Right. So for me to sit here and, and look at it the way that they're looking at it, 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 it is interesting to me mm-hmm. because I, I, I do feel uh, some kind of way about it. Let's go take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll, we'll quickly go through if there was a top eight playoff, what would it look like? Let's do that in a quick second. As we come back in the sports central, a small, short break. Coming back next, we'll have our final segment right here on Blog Talk Radio. Jalen Hurst uh, would do much worse here. He's able to really kind of thread it between the defenders 
running around the linemen on the defensive side. And again, the Bulldogs showed a weakness in that area. That one could be uh, one that I would go. If it, if it was set up today, I would probably go Oklahoma in that one. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, Oklahoma, had, they have Jalen Hurts at the helm, and that's an explosive offense, you know, the Big, the big 12 offense there. And then defense, of course, their, their defense was – or Georgia's. Their defense was exposed right. in, in that championship game, like you said. And, uh, you know, the, the, the take is, of course, that um, <laughs> they, they, ha- they would have a healthy DeAndre Swift, and right. that, that would matter there for the Bulldogs. Right. Um, and the running back's you know, shoulder would likely be fine and by the time this game would be played. But in the end, Oklahoma has too many offensive weapons. Georgia just doesn't have enough. Yeah, I think that's where they're going to – they would fall short here. The other game, the quarterfinal, number three, Clemson taking on the Oregon Ducks. Boy, the flying Ducks. What would they do? Oregon, of course, uh, one of the best teams that didn't get into this year's college football playoff, making, of course, one of the most intriguing games of that quarterfinal would be this one, a high-power offense against another high-power offense. The question is what team would stand up defensively. Now, the Ducks screwed up against Arizona State and were, of course, uh, rightly left out of this year's uh, field, but – you look at the coaching staff, you understand what's been done here. They'll grow from this. They'll get better from this. But if this situation right here took place on Saturday, you know, I, I wonder if the Ducks could put up something. You know, I get Trevor Lawrence and it, and, and how do you say his last name? Etienne. Etienne. There you go. Etienne. And, of course, Mr. Higgins, the wide receiver over there, who is uh, – I think he's an underrated receiver. Too, Another one, way. Justin Ross as well. Justin Ross. Yeah. So you look at this. These guys are very high level. They're they're next level guys already at this at, at this conversation. So Clemson's got a a, a full horseman, if you will, uh, one two three four there. So when you look at it, it, it'd be tough to go against the Tigers. But boy, I'd like to see this matchup. Yeah, it's really hard to believe that uh, Clemson they lost so much NFL talent like to the draft in that defense, right. and then for them to just lock, relock and reload, and that's essentially what they did. They're not as good as they were though. This is not the same. This defense here. You're right. right? You're right. And my, yeah. my, the reason I want to see this is because of the fact that Clemson's defense hasn't been challenged. Let's be honest. South Carolina, this isn't. They, they've gone through a lot of injuries. I don't want to give a lot of excuses. They just weren't challenged against the Gamecocks at all. Then all of a sudden, what would they see against uh, Texas A&M? They saw a quarterback that this wasn't his best year. His best year was last year, and you know he comes in and he's just throwing interceptions. He doesn't finish strong. Again. That would be an opportunity for us to see how good they are because their defense it just just not hasn't challenged yet. That's what's being that's what's being held against Trevor Lawrence right now is because he started off slow. He didn't right. start off the way that he did last year. And may and, and keep in mind Kelly Bryant was the the starter for them last year and and then in four or five games I think it was probably after the Texas A and M game and they, and they were Dabo was using the system of trying to trying to utilize both quarterbacks in the same games and figuring out, okay, which one – I don't know if which one would be better down the stretch or what have you, but he ended up going with uh, Trevor Lawrence, and then Trevor Lawrence was the starter from October then on. He didn't play a full 15-game season um, as starting quarterback. And then, you know, the, take it into this year into account, you know, all of September he was really struggling. He has right. – and that, I think, is what held him out of the, out of the uh, contention to be – a lot of people, I mean, in, in Clemson, and, and I'm one too, and, and I, I, I kind of feel a little upset that Trevor Lawrence didn't get in, but I understand because it was that, it's that slow start being held against him. If you're going to be a Heisman uh, candidate, you've got to be hot 
all the way through your 12 games and then and then your championship game if you get that far. Well, you got to be hot if the other guys are hot. Here's the thing. They're not going against a good defense. They're not seeing the things quickly. Uh, we've got about three minutes, so we'll kind of shorten this, and then we'll table this for Monday's conversation, by the way. Uh, so if it was to happen, Ohio State and Baylor now, of course, uh, the bottom side of the eight-team bracket sits Ohio State Buckeyes, who showed a, uh, a very – interesting side of them against the uh, Big Ten game in Wisconsin. Wisconsin exposed them a little bit, by the way. That one could be good idea, good opportunity for Clemson to kind of see what they can do. As you saw, of course, those who have uh, really kind of taken it at heat here. Now, of course, the Buckeyes also showed that they can flex their uh, their muscle while trailing in a big tested big game against a team like that. And it's hard to beat somebody twice, too. Let's not remember. Let's not forget about that neither. But I do feel like if you look at Baylor, they're high five. They're powerful offensively, defensively, not very good, though. They would not be able to handle the likes of Justin Fields and what this team brings to the table. This is by the far, I think, one of the best offensive teams you've seen at Ohio State in many, 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 extremely many years. Yeah, they're saying if, if not that, the best uh, Ohio State offense. And they're just too dangerous on both sides of the ball. And, like, um, you know, th- this is a quarterfinal showdown that would – it would end up being lopsided as Ohio State easily would advance um, a prediction, maybe uh, like 33 to 17. And this is just a horrible matchup for, for the Baylor Bears, you know, um, and, and something else to note too, that their quarterback, Charlie Brewer, they didn't have him in, in the big 12 championship game. Right. And they, they could make noise if they had uh, Charlie Brewer at the helm slinging the ball. But, um, but you know, you have, you have the Justin Fields and you have the J.K. Dobbins and you have the Chase Young on the defensive side of Ohio State. There's just enough – there's enough pro-level talent on both sides of the ball to make Ohio State dangerous. Yeah, so you, you kind of look at that there. So that's kind of what it would look like. Well, they, we'll continue this conversation because, uh, again, to me, I don't think there's enough teams in this playoff system. It's, it's, it's good. It's a teaser. It's an appetizer for us to kind of get better than two is four and four is better – of course, uh, then you go to six and eight. But I do think eight to ten somewhere in that name, number. I think you automatically let the five in that win their power five, and then you get, what, two, three, three at-large bids. And then that way you can get maybe somebody like – and, again, I, I'm not much of a Cinderella story. I think you have to earn your way in there. But we'll get more into that. We're up against the clock here. I do want to thank, uh, of course, Adam McKenna, the off-lineman from Somerville, South Carolina, who's heading over to the uh, Shrine Bowl and will be planning it on Sunday through – Saturday, and of course he's heading up to play some uh, big time football with the roadies up there in Rhode Island next year. Josh Harp, the head coach over on Johns Island with St. John's High School, joined us in our number one. So, uh, Will, you'll be back at this with me tomorrow morning. I'm going to be in Myrtle Beach. You'll be here in Charleston. I'll be at the North South game. But uh, man, looking forward to tomorrow morning, eight o'clock kickoff. Yeah, I'll be locking. I'll be locked down in the studio. This thing, <laughs> kick this thing off eight o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning. Yes, sir. Let's do it then. So from us to you, take care. Enjoy your Friday. Reach out. High five a guy. Say hello to him. It is High Five Friday, by the way, around the country. So uh, do your part. Have fun. God bless. Take care. And we'll see you tomorrow morning, bright and early, right here on Southern Sports Central, 8 o'clock.